0: Om Bakrathunda Mahakaya Surya Koti Samhaprava Nirvignam Kurume Deva Sarva Sarvada Om Shri Ganesh Namaha Om Bhagavate Shri Swami Narayan Om Shri Lakshmi Narayan Ainamuramaha Om Shri Radha Krishna Ainamuramaha Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Rudraya Om Namah Shivaya Sarva Mangala Mangale, Shivay Sarvartasadike, Sharanitram gauri Naraini the Musute Om Namu Vasudevaya Shri Hanumate Namaha Shri Guru namaha Shri Guru Stotram Akanda Mangala Karam, the Characharam, Tatpadam Darsitamina Tasme Shri Guru Vay Namaha agnanati mirandasya gnananjana shalakaya chakshurum milita minata smai shri guru venamaha gurur brahma gurur Vishnu gurur deva maheshwara Guru deva param brahma tasmai shri guru venamaha shri guru bhyonamaha welcome to daily satsang this is Sachin we are continuing our contemplation on the atma what is the atma consciousness the brahman So many different names are there for the subject, the self. Who am I? What am I? So in the third verse, as we have been examining, Guru guru Reva Param Brahma, or sometimes it is also said, Guru Sakshat Param Brahma. So what is this Brahma Tattva? Param Brahma. What exactly is meant by that is what we are looking into in some depth. Now along those lines, uh, I'm going to uh, go into the into the Pratyabhignarudayam as we have been continuing with that and the very first uh, verse of that uh states as follows. So first of all, the word Pratyabhignarudayam is the secret of recognition. To recognize, to become aware. Oh, who am I? I am this. I am not this confusion within the mind. I am not the, the problems and the agitations as such. We have been going somewhat into this in, in the beginning stages in terms of pr- the word prakasha vimarsya. Prakasha is the eye. The eye is prakasha. It is divine light, divya prakasha. That is who we are. It is not about obtaining the light from somewhere. It is realizing that that which we already are. That is prakasha, swayam prakasha. It is called swa prakasha. So, even in Swaminarayan Sampradaya, one of the names of Sajaran Swami Maharaj is Sva Svarupa Maha, meaning that one who is established within one's own Swarupa. This is our goal, that we want to be in that state of Prakash. Now, what is that state of Prakash? As I mentioned before, just as, just as a quick review, the divine qualities, the saintly qualities um, are a doorway into that light of the Atma. When we say that we have goodness within us, we have more Sattvagun, let's say, which is very good. sattva, darshanam we also have um, a very, very open state of mind. The emotions and thoughts and feelings have have sublimated into divinity, have are resonating with the with the divine vibration, spanda, divya spanda. When it is resonating that way, that is a realization of the absolute reality as which is the Akshara Brahma that is undivided and that we are that. We are part and parcel of that. We are that in fact. And then it's just as a review, the word Vimarsha is referring to the manifestation of the world. That the world is going to be manifested. So along these lines, I want to take this a bit further. The very first verse is shown here on the screen. I hope you can see this. Let me uh, go back here. Let's try this again here. So this is called Rudayam. And the first verse uh, states in translation, Adoration to Shiva, foremost, who moves the five processes of the universe. So again, the word Shiv has many different meanings. There's the the sense of the Ishvara Shiva, Brahma Vishnu Shiva, which we talked about before. And then here, this can also mean the Mool Purusha, or um, another form of the Akshara Brahma. So there's uh, several ways of looking at it. Now, what do we mean by the fivefold processes of the universe? What are they? So first of all, before we get to them, just just to be aware that the Pratyabhigna is recognition and there is a doctrine which leads a person to become aware again of the fact that the individual soul, which is the jiva or the pashu, the, because the individual is in a pashu state, animalistic state, is identical with the universal soul, the pati. So, pati. Before we get to those five uh, things that we were just talking about, I want to just give a little bit of background here, because what we want to understand are the five processes of the universe. But before we get to that, we just want to be very clear about where we are and what some of the background is. Again, that we are in a Pashu state. Pashu means that it is an animal state, eating, drinking, um, basically just uh, basically just some type of activity that animals are doing. And that is that is if that is all we do, you know, Ahar, Maithun, Nidra. Ahad is eating. Eating how many restaurants there are compared to how many religious places or temples or mosques or, or, or gurudwaras or, or churches. You know, the number of restaurants is phenomenal, right? Because our, it, our, the drive is to keep eating, 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 different, different things. Eating, sleeping. How much time we spend sleeping? And then, maithun, which is the sexual impulse. That is pashu. Now, pashu, so it is a transition from Pashu to Pati. The Pati means what? The spirit, the soul, the Shiva, the Akshara Brahma, different names are there. God, Ishvara, the universal soul. To move out of that limited state into a much more expansive realization. And it is not the denial of eating, by the way, eating food or the denial of the bodily experience, but it is going beyond them, evolving much beyond them. So, from uh, as far as Kashmiri Shaivism is concerned, the word Pashupati is employed to designate the Kashmirian form of Shaiv- Shaivism, particularly the religious philosophical system for which Kashmir Shaivism is noted. This system appears under the name in Madhava's Sarvadarashana Sangraha, as the eighth among 16 systems mentioned so Madhava has mentioned the there are 16 systems and this is one of the eighth ones there's so much intense uh, background in all of this so in this work it is distinguished from the rest of the Shaivite systems so there is the shaiva darshana there is a raseshwara darshana all of these various darshan scriptures are there In the Tantra's tradition, remember Tantra means integration, pulling together the broken pieces of our experience. It is not the denial of experience, it is not the negation of experience as some may have tried to do. And It it is not this Western uh, uh, distortion of the word Tantra. Tantra means that you are pulling together all experience, gathering it together. See, like in Vachanamrut, for example, Sajanand Swami said, Dharma, Gnan, Vairagya Bhakti, these four are interdependent. Eg, Bijani, Apiksha. One is dependent on the other three. Each one's existence is dependent on the other three. And when you pull them all together, that is tantra. You know, see, so this word is also used one time in Vachanamrut in terms of this interconnectedness of scriptures. So the point is that the, whether it is from a yogic point of view, whether it is from a meditative, reflective, religious, philosophical, speculative point of view, whatever it may be, it is all a form of attempting to integrate and attempting to realize what is meant by the soul. It is, it is an attempt to realize. You see, so human, human beings have this superior intellect. We have the buddhi tattva, so it is from that buddhi tattva that we can make the transition. See this point clearly, that the buddhi, buddhi means the intelligence that is available for us because of the bigger brain, etc. That buddhi tattva is giving us the opportunity to make the transition from the pashu to the pati so scriptures like Sarva Darshana sangraha as well as the shaiva darshana raseshwara darshana all of these extraordinary texts that are in the in the kashmiri shaivism tradition these are they they have come about through the sages the masters at that time in the ancient times who recognized the inner world and the outer world all as vibrations and as pulses of this original infinite reality that is the prakasha. So along that line. So, so that's some of the background. Now, the first line of the it is it is uh, translated as adoration to Shiva foremost, who moves the five processes of the universe. Now, what are those five processes? That is what we're going to talk about right now. So let's go into that. Uh, Let's see. Okay. So Shiva's five Krityas. Kritya means what? Transactions, functions, or deeds. So when the word Shiva is used, one can understand it in terms of Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. That's, That's actually one way to understand like in terms of Ishwaras but this word Shiva here can also refer to the Akshara Brahma the Brahma Tattva, the Prakasha that divine light that is there see even in Vachanamrut there is a Garada Madhya 13 There is called Tejnu Vachanamrut Tej means divine light Prakash and within that light God exists this is in Vachanamrut so it is referring to the same thing so now this is interesting the five Krityas are characteristics of a doctrine propounded by the Shaivism of Tamil South. The doctrine is met with likewise in this Shaiva section of this Sarva Darshana Sangraha. So there is another connection there. In this scripture, Sarva Sangraha, as well as in the Pratyabhignarudayam, these five points are written and I'm going to just talk about these today. This is very interesting. Point number one, Srishti. We always use this word. Many people are aware of this word in Hindi language, Gujarati language, Sanskrit language, other languages in the South which I don't know. Maybe this word is there also. I'm pretty sure it's there. Srishti or Srishti or Srishti. What is it? Ejection and emanation. That is its translation. This accurate is quite good. Creation is the usual but inexact translation. See, This is very interesting. When we say that this Srishti is a creation, That word creation is an inexact translation. It is not the best translation. You know, we always think about this is created by God, created by the the Supreme Consciousness. But a better way to look at it, it is an an emanation. It is an ejection from the consciousness. The consciousness and its power is ejecting the universe and millions of universes. Millions of universes. So, th- what is this? These are the fivefold processes of the universe. See, this is all discovery by meditation, reflection, purification. The rishis, the sages, and the great um, pra- practitioners uh, of energy activation recognized all of this. This is now. What What is the significance of this in our life today? obviously we ourselves are an ejection and emanation from the mother's womb our own existence is this it is a type of creation in fact it is a creation that's one meaning in our life we are in a we could be in a creative state day in and day out meaning what when we wake up in the morning the jagrat avastha is a creation for the soul by God, it is a creation, it is an emanation, the Jagra the waking state. The same thing is true with the dream state. So that is another meaning. It is called Jagrat Srishti, Sapna Srishti. In fact, in, in Vachana and Vedras and Vivek Chudamani, this is actually written. Sapna Srishti, this word Srishti is used again and again it and the this is a very beautiful way of putting it uh, in this particular um, a, a footnote section and this is actually uh, in the uh, f- from the Adir library secret of recognition Pratyabhignarudayam and uh, it, it is uh, it, it is actually available online so um, I've just downloaded it and somebody has, has put this on there so this is great this is the actual fantastic translation And it's a good way to understand this. So, let's go into it. Ejection from the Brahman. What does it mean? It means that I am non-dual with the Brahman. I am a part and parcel, an emanation from the Brahman. Like the ray of the sun that realizes it is coming from the sun and it is the sun in a different form. That is Srishti. That srishti, that word, has profound implications in our day-to-day life. We can either be in a state of emanation. What is it that we are emitting? We have to decide. We can either be in a state of creative and constructive emanation, because first of all, remember, this word here, in the Rhythm, it is talking about the cosmic evolution, but that cosmic evolution, cosmic, em- cosmic emanation, is also happening now in our life. So it's not something that is only transcendental. It is happening here every time. And it could be very small things. If we simply make one dish of food to eat, that is a Srishti. That is a creation. That is an emanation. That is the power of God. It is not different from the power of, of that of that cosmic evolution. Anything that is created, anything that is invented, anything that is discovered, anything that is that has newness to it, anything that has a sense of excitement and and uh, a a a. A better v- way of looking at things, all of that is part of this srishti that is all emanation. It is emitted from us. We can use the word creation, no problem, but it is inexact because it is not simply a it is not simply th- that we are creating see, see the word creation has a divisive aspect to it. See so for example, if I make a particular dish for dinner. Let's just say macaroni and cheese, something simple. I can say, yeah, macaroni and cheese, I'm making that. I'm making that as a, as a dish. I created that. Or let's say you know, I'm making it. But actually, it is an emanation. It's a, it's an, it is a further extension of my thoughts and my will and my desire. The outward action and is a further expression of my internal desire. It's an emanation when we recognize that I am the creator of these emanations in my life, whatever they are, whatever they are based on our desires, based on our will, based on circumstance, so many things, when we recognize that I am the cause of of the creation of my life, I am the cause of the creation of the experiences in my life, that realization is Srishti. That realization is Srishti and and in the first verse of Pratte it is adoration to the fivefold process is adoration to Shiva foremost. Meaning the Atmat Atma Tattva to our own Atmat Atma Tattva and the Paramatma within. We're adoring. Wow. How tremendous this Atma and Paramatma Shiva is actually who moves, see this word, moves through, I'm sorry, who moves the five processes of the universe the universe is going through these five processes the processes are infinite actually this is a way of thinking about them and just the first one Srishti that there is so much creative power going on all the time but now once something is created That creation has purpose because without experience, we cannot evolve further into our own realization. That is why experience is invariably necessary. So there is creation of all sorts. Then when something is created in our own day-to-day experience, it could be anything. Maybe we're, we're creating a project or it could be anything. Getting a degree, writing a book, what, achieve, trying to achieve a goal, whatever it might be. Once there is a creation or there is an emanation from the consciousness then there is stiti. That's the second point. The five krittis. The second point is stiti. Stabilization, maintenance, to maintain, to stabilize, so anything that is created, we want to enjoy that. We want to harness that. We want to see its glory. For example, when a flower opens up, we see the beautiful flower, rose flower, for example, has opened up. Then we want to enjoy that. We can give it to someone, we can give it to uh, we can offer it at the feet of the God, in the temple, whatever. We can keep it in the house in a beautiful place, it, it, we put some roses in any room in the house, the whole atmosphere changes. Why is that? That is stiti. This is present also in our day-to-day experience. And to recognize the significance of stabilizing what we have created is a doorway back into joy, ananda. Through the experiences of prakriti, whatever has been created to stabilize it, appreciate it. You know, there's a saying, happiness is appreciating what you have rather than being miserable about what you don't have. So the stabilization, the maintenance, the, the harnessing and cherishing of what is there, that is sthiti. It's a state of re- uh, stability. It's a state of harmony. It's also a state of not feeling deficient so much is involved in this so even from the cosmic point of view when God creates the universe from his own being there is joy in that creation see in the Bible it is also written right that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth the creation is from the divine and now non-dual Shaiva Tantra explains this beautifully in the sense that the divinity, its nature is to create. Its nature is not to remain in simply an unmanifested form. Now, much more in-depth uh, understanding and exposition on this, which I don't have time to go into right now, uh, I would recommend reading Christopher Wallace's The Recognition Sutras. It's a very, very well written book that goes into much more depth in this. Uh, I will try to cover in short form a lot of those ideas, but uh, th- there's, you know, quite a bit of profound depth among the different types of uh, seers, the different uh, levels of realization. That's a more advanced understanding of these same ideas, but we cannot get to that right now because we just, just the foundation is is very difficult to uh, just get right away. These ideas seem to be, you know, quite uh, uh, quite profound in many ways. But at the same time, they are very much in our experience, and that's that's my focus is to try to show this day to day experience. So, the highest reality, as I mentioned last time, it has to manifest. Its nature is to manifest infinite variety that ejection manifestation that is Srishti and it doesn't remain coiled up in some solid singleness see this point sometimes see this language that is used here so this is on page six in the Pratyabhigna some, some people think that God is some something so transcendent and beyond a single singular reality that it is just it is not uh, in any which way connected to the world at all but that's not actually the case you know so so the ultimate reality the highest reality is not some type of cooped up solid singleness that would be a type of restriction so the ultimate reality, the Shiva Tattva, the Brahma Tattva, the akshar Tattva, its nature is to manifest the universe. The manifest and, and give the jivatma innumerable possibilities. That is its nature. Just like we have electricity, electricity has to manifest somewhere then we can see its glory in a light bulb in a computer in a tv in a fan in a speaker in this and that thousands of things are there but these these are the f- ways that electricity is functioning and is giving us different 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 variegated experiences we can see this directly in our in the world today similarly that chit shakti that para shakti param shakti is manifesting in countless ways all the time. And that manifestation is the glory of God. You know, sometimes people say, why does this world exist with all of its problems and difficulties? But you would not ask that question if, if the realization is there about the glory of manifestation and the experiences that the Jivatma has to go through to reach that state of liberation because this requires an internal reflection about dormancy, latency versus expression. If we are simply in a latent state all the time, there's no creativity. For example, just in our lives, if somebody is sleeping 15 hours a day, watching some TV and and eating a little bit here and there, is mostly inactive, how much damage they will cause to themselves. Maybe because they're depressed or maybe because they have some other problem. No, body has to become, be in an active phase, not overactive, but certain amount of activity has to be there. And then from that activity, again, there is stability of the activity that is stiti. Same thing is true with the universe, the galaxies. If we look at the current latest research on the Hubble space telescope and all the other uh, uh, astronomical phenomena that uh, has been discovered, what do we find? Massive timescales. We find these island universes. these are the galaxies. Phenomenal. From our point of view, they, they are so huge. But even beyond those galaxies are other realms. So those galaxies are like tiny little pebbles or science ends of grass from even beyond that. Just like for us, bacteria and virus and you know like small, small things are so, they're so tiny. How can a bacterium, one bacterium cell, Re- understand what is a human being it cannot understand You know how can an ant understand a human being a similarly human being cannot understand the Ishwaras it's beyond our understanding but we can evolve internally and touch beyond that understanding to realize all that is written in these scriptures these scriptures are, are the greatest wealth for humanity there's nothing, there's nothing greater than this because it is, it is speaking of the highest of the high, the highest of, of, of truths. And, and the great sages in the past as well as today, they have spent so much time in sadhana and in, in, in the inner world and outside the body, in the body with the various chakras and all that to bring this to the masses and then to bring this great realization the pratyabhigna as a grace that is the role of grace human effort has human effort has some role beyond that the ego has to be given over to god to say oh lord you grace me in christianity they talk about performance based versus grace based it's a very beautiful distinction you know human ego is always trying to reach somewhere Human ego is necessary to some extent to perform activity. Yes, to to some extent, yes. But beyond that, it has to give give itself over. And once it gives itself over, all of this extraordinary truth begins to awaken within us. So let's go a bit further. We are day to day in the first three, srishti, stiti, and Sohar. Samhar so is what? Drawing back or reabsorption. Usually this is dis- described as destruction, which is not the correct word. In, from a tantra point of view, non-dual Shaiva tantra point of view, and I don't want to say, po- again, this language is so inadequate. It's not a point of view so much. It is, it is the realization that is written down. So it's not simply a point of view. Yeah, there is a point of view in some sense. But it is realization that there is reabsorption of the creation back into the same consciousness. Just like in our lives, when we go into deep sleep, it's like reabsorption of the waking and dream experiences. It's like that. So we are going through this all the time. We reabsorb so much. Physical body is in, in that f- form also. We're eating food all the time. We, then we have to absorb. Then the physical process goes on. And the experiences thereof. But now the same thing can be said about the mental and emotional and memory related activity that it can be reabsorbed back into the consciousness. That reabsorption of thought into the consciousness is called Shuddha Vichara in Vedras. That reabsorption of memory into the consciousness is called Chitta Vritti Nirodha in Yoga Shastra, the first verse in Yoga Sutra the reabsorption of emotion into the consciousness is Bhakti rasamrut Sindhu, the nectar of devotion, which is a scripture actually, which is the nine forms of devotion. We covered that before. And the tenth devotion, all of that, that reabsorption of emotion into the divinity and sinking back into the divinity, that is the Samhaar drawing back of the usual emotion, and it's dipping back into The infinite ocean of divine emotion, divinity. That is Bhakti Rasam, Ruta Sindhu, Narad-Bhakti Sutras, Shandili Sutras. In Swaminarayan Sampradaya, you have what is called Bhakti Nidhi, a scripture written by Nishwara and Swami. So many Bhakti scriptures are there. The glory of devotion. Devotion is what? It is emotion that has been divinized, emotion that has taken a dimensional jump beyond the polarity into the divinity. It is divine emotion. So it is a reabsorption back into the divinity. This happens when our mind is absorbed in in God through bhajan bhakti, devotional worship. In any tradition we find this. And And there are ecstatic states. There are states of tremendous ecstasy when this occurs. So it is the reabsorption of thought, emotion, memory, desire, and energy, the five that are universal, reabsorption back into the consciousness. And in that consciousness, there is every experience available. It is not the destruction of the experiences of Prakriti. It is the transmutation, transformation, reabsorption, and it, the divinization of the experiences of prakriti—that is our life. Once we are able to resonate with these ideas and hold these ideas, see in Vachanamrut, Maharaj has explained: hold the idea and contemplate. Hold and contemplate. Hold it. Sachin is speaking here. I can talk about this to some extent, okay? But then, if I hold on to this, hmm, now that's a different matter. I hold on contemplate, see, visualize and 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 always keep the gurus in the forefront, be at their feet, respect them, adore see see, see what divinity is available or, or uh, how can I say see what we can perceive as divinity within them within the scriptures hold on to it, hold and contemplate hold and con- dharvu Gujarati Dharvu means to hold. Vicharu means to think over, contemplate over again and again, again and again, again and again. And in doing so, we, our activity continues. Another way of putting this is to keep the mind engaged in God-related or service-related activities, seva and bhakti. And and, and that can happen in any context. It could be a one could be a business person, one could be a great great um, surgeon, one could be um, uh, a lawyer, one could be a teacher anything we do one could be a retired person any activity we do is it seva and bhakti? if it is done with that feeling of bhakti that this is a divine emotion for all get rid of the sense of the me that is trying to grab something from prakriti That it's the biggest ignorance there is trying to grab prakriti no that is human ego that is that is the that is the pashu <coughs> that is most people that is why humanity suffers it's not about grabbing prakriti it is about simply allowing prakriti to flow in all its glory and cherishing and appreciating and adoring the it, the existence of Prakriti, when we adore Prakriti, when we love Prakriti, when we when we see that it is a power of the divine, no longer is Prakriti going to bind you th- in, in terms of Maya. <coughs> How can that be? People say Maya is the problem. Maya is not the problem. <coughs> Our ego is the problem. Our ego causes problems. Maya is expressing itself In many ways. Maya is not the problem. Maya is actually the solution. Maya is the solution once we recognize the glory of Maya. Daivi Yesha Gunamai Mama Maya Duratya Duratya in the sense that it is binding because we do not recognize its glory. Bhagavad Gita is clear. Sri Krishna says that this Maha Maya is mine. Daivi Yesha Gunamai Devi meaning that it is a divine reality. Where srishti, stiti, samhara, vilaya, is the fourth point here. Disappearance or concealment, things that are out of our experience. That is there. And then the fifth point is anugraha, dispensation of grace. That's the most important one. That's what Sri Krishna is saying also. You will transgress the Maya. Maya. Maya is not there to hurt you or bind you. It is there to give you the experiences, give each Jiva the experiences it needs to evolve. But the Jivatma needs to have experience of all kinds because of the original beginningless ignorance of the causal body. That's Vedanta. In the uh, Shaiva Tantra, they will say that the multitude of Jivatmas are not even the multitude. It is the one that, that is contracted into the many. Is, there's this emphasis on contraction and expansion. Contraction and expansion. That, so there is no rejection of anything in the world. Nor is the world considered to be an illusion. The world is real, it's there. How could it not be there? It's not an illusion, as the Advaita would say. People, they're they're just talking that there's illusion, but all those people are talking about that. They're also living in the real world. They're still having this, they have to deal with the real world. How can it be an illusion? It's, it, it, it the word illusion is used when one is in the Nirvikalpa Samadhi where the world is out of one's appearance only the Brahman is seen then they say that it is an illusion it's not actually an illusion there is a reality to it but that reality is temporary changing, fleeting it's coming and going, coming and going so in that sense it doesn't have that permanency, but just because it doesn't have permanency doesn't make it an illusion, it has some reality even the the mirage on the sand or even the pot the sense of a pot that the clay takes there is a sense of the pot yes, it is non-different from the clay but to say that there is no pot why should we say there is no, there is a pot, just be aware that it's made out of clay, that's all. If you say that there is no pot, how, you, how can you make any use of it? You cannot make any use of it at all. You say there's nothing there, it's just clay. Well then why do you have the pot? Why are you using the pot? People who are believing in Advaita Vedanta, they should be asked this question. You know, Why are they even using the names and forms if they're unreal? How, why are they even talking about Advaita to somebody? How can you even talk about Advaita when, when the, everything is unreal? So there's a lot of de- deficiency and flaw in Advaita Vedanta. Uh, and, and, the, and that deficiency and flaw is not because of the Advaitic Masters. It's in the th- hundreds and hundreds of years that people have taken utterances of the Advaitic Masters and then have tried to develop, devise s- 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 uh, different philosophies around it, where the world is rejected and this is where Shaiva Tantra is very much different from Advaita Vedanta. It doesn't reject the world. You cannot reject the pot. You can use the pot to drink water. So what's the problem with that? Why do you have to say that it doesn't exist? It does exist. You can say that it's clay, but you can also beautifully say it's a pot and you can you decorate the pot and you can put water in the pot and you can have a lot of good experience from the pot. What's wrong with that? This is the difference between Shaiva Tantra and the Advaita Vedanta and many other forms of these yogas and Vedantas that are rejecting the world, getting away from the world, discarding the world, criticizing the world. Tantra doesn't do that. Not at all. It doesn't criticize the world. What it does is, it accepts it in its entirety. And with that acceptance, it is encouraging each human being to rediscover the self, Pratyabhigna-ridayam. Amazing, you know. And and again on this point, this actually is in Vachanamrut. Also, I, I think people in Swamiji and Sambhaji probably have never heard it put this way. They probably never will. But oh, but they might. But it's very unlikely. This is all written in in, in Maharaja's teachings. Also, all great sages have. Touched upon this in some way or another. Even the Vedanta and Yoga and all this talks about this in some way or another. Because you cannot get away from 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 the from the experiences of Prakriti. You try to get away from them, they, they will run after Even the sages who went into yogic meditation of the Nirvikalpa type, they had to come out of that and back into this world of names and forms. But when they came out of it, they just realized that the names and forms are just another aspect of that same reality. That's all. But they're still living. Even Shankaracharya, the great Advaitic master, had created four ashramas, four Gadis, wrote God knows how many scriptures. You know, and most of it is bhakti literature on top of that. And taught, had so many disciples and had so many. Why? If there's only the me, there's nothing else, who are you teaching? Why are you teaching? Why are you even talking? Talking to who? How? Even talking about Advaita is not Advaita. Advaita cannot be expressed in language or thought. It is a non-dual realization. As soon as language is used, you are in duality. So, rather than using the word duality, Shaiva Tantra is going to say, it is Prakash Vimarshamaya. It is the one that is now expressing expressing in variegated forms, and and the great enjoyment is there. See, like even Shankaracharya, he he was a poet. That there's a poet inside of him. All the, all of his stotras are our poetic stotras. There there's so much expression of energy in poetic form as in the adorations of the five devatas, Vishnuji, Ganesh Ganeshji, Vishnuji, Shiva, Bhagwan Shiv. Devi and Surya Pancha Panchāyatana Sanmānāyā In In Swami Swaminarayan's 108 names, one of His names is this Panchāyatana Sanmānāyā It means that He has given so much adoration to the five devatās, Panchāyatana, they are called. Now why? If, if only you are there, why are you giving any adoration to anybody? And there are s- sannyasis even today like that in, in, in India mostly, maybe some other parts of the world, who are not concerned with bhakti at all, worshipping anything beyond. They're just saying, I am everything. Okay, I am everything. Okay, fine. But you're still living in this world with this body, with, with, with all of this thing. But they have, they have taken Aham Brahmasmi to that extreme level where they have rejected Upasana, rejected even the material world, and are, and are intense on Gnana and Vairagya. They have to do some lot of lot of is done. A lot of wisdom is there about, about the Atma, no doubt. They have minimalism to the extent where they're not even wearing clothes, like the Jain Digambar sadhus. Okay, those are all sadhanas. There's no criticism of anybody. But to understand what is prakriti, the perspective or the approach of the tantra teachers is not the rejection of Prakriti. The moment you reject Prakriti, you're cutting your foundation. How can you reject Prakriti? I also, I would say that my thinking is along those lines. I don't think but any experience of Prakriti can be rejected. When you're rejecting it, we are actually putting ourselves into ignorance. It is not rejection of Prakriti, it is transmuting the experience and realizing that which is beyond through the experiences of Prakriti. It is not an artificial rejection of prakriti. You see, those who are following certain sadhana, that's okay. I mean, they, that, is, that, that sadhana has a purpose. So for example, people hold some fasts at certain times. Or like in Swaminarayan Sampradaya, like the sadhus have ashtang Brahmacharya. See how Maharaj explained that. He said that is a sadhana. As a sadhana, so many restrictions can be there. Yes, and for discipline, for cultivating energy, for developing yourself, those kinds of artificial disciplines or maybe disciplines that are given by certain teachers or gurus, they are, may maybe necessary or they can be of great benefit. But the discipline by itself doesn't lead to realization. What it leads to is, an, it, it, hopefully it will lead to the awareness of the nature of energy within the antakarna. And that realization of within the Antakarna of the flow of energy and the nature of desire itself by various sadhanas that are given by the gurus, they're just those sadhanas are given so you can realize this internal world. But what has happened, people run after those sadhanas thinking that is religion, spirituality. Sadhana is not, not the end point. So Rejecting the experience is not possible. Even if somebody's living in a cave, they're still living, they're breathing air. How can, are you rejecting air? Even they try to hold the breath for a long period of How long? How can you reject it? Why should you reject it? It's not the rejection, it is the right amount of experience that will bring us. The greatest awareness of the energy within the experience, which is a doorway into the Atma itself. The doorway into the Atma, that doorway, as in Vachanamrut will say, moksha The doorway into moksha is the guru-tattva. Outward guru, inward guru. The Guru Tattva is, is, is showing us how much experience to extract from the external world. How much to extract. Experience world may pro- provides limitless experiences. Does that mean we are just to run blindly with Prakriti? No. And Shaiva Tantra will also say that is not to be done that way. If you're running blindly after the experiences of Prakriti, just trying to expand them, expand them, then where are we? We are in this Pashu state. Even in Shikshapatari Bhagwan Swaminarayan, he has put a link there from the Pashu, from the animal to come to the human level. From the human level, come to the Bhakta level. From the Bhakta level, come to the Mukta state. This progression is shown. And the Pratyabhigna Rudayam, the Recognition Sutras, are also uh, showing this. And I am going to... uh, Talk about those those uh, those stages, uh, the way that they are written actually in the Prateeknara. Them, it's all going to be in here. So today, we have just touched upon just the very first line, adoration to Shiva, foremost, foremost, adoration. Nama Shivaya Satatam. See the Sanskrit that is up here. Nama Shivaya Satatam. Satatam means again and again, again and again. That is that itself is everything. If we are able to be in a state of adoration of the glories of everything that exists, and and we are just one with that, that there is the non-duality with it, with the with the prakriti and the me are non-dual. And the five-fold processes that are going on are also non-dual. Srishti, Stiti, stiti Samhara, Vilaya, and Anugraha. This word Anugraha is used in the Bhakti a lot. Is asking God to grace. Anugraha kije. ko kete. We say to God again and again and again. Anugra, anugra, anugra. Intensely powerful, intensely amazing. Boy, I think my recording went to almost 50 minutes. I didn't even realize that. Okay, I'm stopping this here. There will there'll be no end to this. Let me stop this here.